Hello there. I'm recording this podcast from the end of a dock in the middle of a lake a few miles south of the Minnesota-Canada border. I'm up uh, with my family for what we call a family camp. (laughs) It's kind of like rustic cabin, no Wi-Fi, no connectivity, eating camp food, etc. And we've come up here to northern Minnesota almost every year since we've been here. A couple times to this place called Camp Denord, which is like a YMCA camp with, you know, camp songs and family games and all of the kind of kitschy, campy things that make the word campy what it is. (laughs) And um, they're not my, like, sort of favorite vacations in the sense that they're like not that deeply relaxing. It's a little bit of a struggle, like a constant fight between you and the mosquitoes. There's a ton of just like schlepping around in the dirt, moving back and forth from one place to another. Um, And like organizing food and timing and all those things just feels like a little bit more complicated. All of that schlepping is really punctuated by these moments of extraordinary beauty and extraordinary time together. Yesterday, my sons were walking over to their um, age group activities and they encountered a, a big deer on the trail. Just the two of them out in the trail, sort of away from any human noise, had this experience with this majestic creature that um, they don't normally see at home in our city life in Minneapolis. And I think it's going to be a thing that they remember. And so coming up here, even though we're away from technology, I'm recording this on my earbuds. I apologize for the not awesome sound quality. I don't have my great recording mic up here. But it's this disruption in all of our patterns, in our environment, in all of our systems, in all the things that we're used to. We can't just order Uber Eats. We have to plan ahead for all our food. We can't just text, come get me or pick me up or meet me here. We have to make a plan for the day and stick to it. Nobody has surface. (laughs) And I don't think this rustic off the grid life is is calling to us permanently, but it is a, a useful immersion. It is a helpful experience for a time. Nothing else that really helps us to practice presence in a world where all of us, especially my teenagers, are invited to bounce from one thing to another quite quickly. And it's hard to get their attention, and sometimes my attention, to linger on anything for any period of time. But here in the wilderness, there's much more space for presence. So I'll talk a little bit more about uh, presence on the pod today. Uh, before I get to that, though, this feels like an awkward but important time to plug the new YouTube channel. Making the transition to producing both video and audio content. I know I'm a little late to the game. I find video a little bit challenging. It really uh, invites all of those self-critical voices. Um, and I'm sure the comments will not help. <laughs> but in any event... Um, I think it is a way to really connect with more entrepreneurs and to try to get some good information out there about mental health and mental well-being to a community that I may not always reach on the podcast. So that's the idea. 
Um, if you are a listener to the podcast, don't worry, the podcast will still be here. Uh, but if you are a YouTube person, if you watch things on YouTube, it would be awesome if you would check it out. Let me know what you think. Subscribe if you are inspired. And uh, I'll see you there as well as here. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Presence. I think it's becoming a really uh, outlier skill. (laughs) Presence is the ability to really be focused on one thing, Um, whether it's a relational interaction having others experience you as being fully present, or whether it's your complete attention to a task, something you're doing, something you're writing, even something you're thinking about. There's also an important practice of being present just to yourself. That can be in a meditative practice, in yoga, in some kind of movement, in your journaling, or just in your sitting and thinking quietly for a few minutes a day. In any event, whether it's with others, with your own individual self, or with the work or the task at hand, your ability to be fully in one thing is pretty radically countercultural. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm watching my teenagers and how quickly they hop from one topic to another, how quickly they absorb a meme, essentially, like a tidbit of information, and their brains kind of go like, got it, check, move on to the next. And the speed of culture, of course, the use of technology, even I'm experiencing in my uh, foray into YouTube content creation, there's this idea that you just don't linger for longer than a few seconds on any one image or screen. You're moving constantly to keep your your watcher engaged. There is, of course, not much need to really be critical of this. It's sort of what's happening. And so entrepreneurs, generally speaking, have pretty uh, fast-moving brains that can operate on multi-tracks at one time. They're kind of like the brain version of an orchestra. Lots of different pieces coming together and moving fairly quickly, sometimes intertwining, sometimes sort of autonomous tracks happening at once. I think that's why we see uh, higher rates of diagnosis of ADHD and bipolar disorder among entrepreneurs is this, this really quick multi-track brain. And that really quick multi-track brain is super helpful to running a business, especially in the earlier years where you are performing multiple roles within a business. You know, you're you're HR and you're the tax person and you're doing your books and you're also writing code, writing marketing copy, talking to customers, maybe providing a service. Like, there's a lot of track hopping that happens um, in the life of an entrepreneur. And so the ability to do that is a tremendous gift. 
no doubt about that. But it also has some wear and tear in our brains. It's not exactly how our brains are supposed to be working over time. And it is also, for most of us, fairly problematic when we need to do deep work, something that requires long sustained attention, really think through a strategy or think through something that we're writing. It is also highly problematic for most of us in our relationships. Our children, our significant others, our friends don't want to feel like they've got to be zigging and zagging just to keep our attention, like hopping around from one thing. They want to feel like we're there with them and that our attention is is a gift. It's how we love. It's how we show that someone is worthy of our time. And so the ability to communicate presence when we are with someone, the calm in our bodies, the focused, prolonged eye contact, the ability to slow down and think through our responses and really listen. Presence is slower moving than most of us move in our digital worlds or as entrepreneurs with quick brains. It usually requires us to settle in, not just in our brains, but in our bodies too. So we present to the person that we're talking to, walking with, drinking coffee with. There's nothing else going on in our minds, in our worlds, except for them for that period of time. And when we can communicate that to people we love, it really is a pretty radical departure from how most people experience others right now. And again, I think of my kids and their interactions with coaches and teachers. And again, the amount of bouncing, hopping back and forth and big love to all you like junior high and high school teachers out there. You got to watch a million things at one time and think about a million things at one time. Like I get it, but it's not the kind of presence that um, I want my kids to experience from me, that sense of multitasking and hopping. So the other thing that I mentioned, of course, is presence with a work task. Um, this is where we are really buckling down to write or to think through a strategy, something that requires more than a few seconds or minutes of thought, but maybe we need to map out, write it on a whiteboard, think about it, churn it over, come back to it, replay again and again, but really sit with it, sit with a new direction, sit with a big decision. And I've been catching myself lately, sitting down to write or do something that's just a bigger task, like a multi-hour task. And I'll catch myself getting a few minutes in and then pick up my phone and I check my email or I look at my messages on Facebook or something like that. And it's astounding how limited my own capacity is to just sit butts in seats and (laughs) butt in seat. I guess I only have one butt in one seat Um, and really stay with something. But when I do, when I push through, when I put the phone away or you turn off the Wi-Fi or whatever it is that I need to do in that moment, usually if I can stick with it long enough, there's some gold in there. And that's when some of my best work and best thought happens. And that is similar to this idea of being present with yourself. I think many of us long for clarity, long for wisdom. You know, we're 
many of us are at a point in our lives where we've sort of done a lot of learning and we have a lot of knowledge and we have some experiences, but translating that into the deeper, juicier knowing, um, the idea of wisdom, I think requires presence. It requires stillness, thought, contemplation, writing, but our ability to take what we have swirling in our heads and move it down into our hearts, into our souls, into our beings, to check it for truth, for reality, to validate whether or not it really lands and fits. So spending a few minutes every day in silence, in stillness, whether you call it meditation or not, whether you call it prayer or not, but when you are just in a quiet place within your own self, that practice is incredibly important at letting it all settle, letting us be present to our lives, to our thoughts, to our learnings, and letting it really get organized within our psyches. So I'm sitting on a dock in the middle of a lake. There's a little bit of a breeze. Hopefully it's not too bad for the audio quality. There's the sound of birds, and it's also the sound of Minnesota State Bird, the mosquito. There's some zooming around me. And what feels most alive are my senses. What I hear, what I feel on my skin with the wooden dock underneath me and the breeze blowing against my face. What I smell, just the freshness of pine trees and freshness of water what I see, the colors of the sky, and the strip of trees in the distance where the sky and the water meet. They're both blue, but slightly different colors. It's not a lot of taste going on, but I haven't had anything to eat yet today, just some water. So it's kind of like a fresh palette. So sitting here in those senses, just with that information, And then the rhythm of my breath, maybe sitting up straight, sort of feeling my own body and the way that like my spinal cord stacks when I sit up straight on a hard surface, feeling held up and tall, supported by the deck underneath. Just taking the moment to really feel this moment, what it is to be here right now, what it is to be in this life, in this body, in this place. And there's not a need to do anything with that except to notice it, to be present to it, to celebrate it, to mourn it, maybe. But first, just to be in it. So that kind of slowing down and noticing is sort of the first tool of presence. As I mentioned in these different ways that I describe presence, presence to others, presence to work, presence to self, slowing down in stillness is almost always a key. It's almost always necessary to change the settings that most of us operate from jumping and bouncing and moving so quickly to just being fully in this moment right now. So summer and the vacations and disruptions of schedule that it offers is a great time to practice presence. 
There's lots of different sights and sounds if we're traveling or in different locations that offer us the invitation to really notice and be. And practicing presence doesn't undo the quickness and the sharpness of your brain. Don't worry. It actually deepens it. It helps you know when and how to use those strategies and when you don't need to so that your brain can rest efficiently between those big surges of multitasking genius. So I wish for you presence today and every day in small doses or large doses, depending on what's needed and the ability to be fully in your life. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.